Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the Not Fitting In podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about getting a new mental health diagnosis and how it could be a very good thing, but also a very troubling thing. Uh, also, P.S., the intro music might be a little loud. I still haven't got a new one yet, so bear with me. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back to the podcast. If, you know, this isn't your first time, if it's your first time, welcome. I'm Reed. I'm your podcast host. And today, well, really tonight for me, it's very late at night and I'm recording this. We're going to be talking about getting a new mental health diagnosis and how it can be something that's really phenomenal and great. But we're also going to talk about the feelings that can come with getting a diagnosis. So, this wasn't going to be my second episode. This was not the idea. But then life happened and uh, I got a new diagnosis. And it's been affecting me more than I thought it would. Um, I sort of had, like, previous to talking to my therapist about doing the assessment, I, it wasn't something that never crossed my mind ever. So for it to be here now is uh, turbulent, I want to say. That's probably the best way to state it. So I've been dealing with um, um, some, some emotions, some imposter syndrome. So I want to talk about that. So uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about how, uh, how a good thing, it can be a good thing to get a mental diagnosis, and then we're going to go into what I've got, the new diagnosis that I've got. And it's not really technically a diagnosis. My doctor and I have not had that discussion yet, but my therapist has done the assessment for it, and so th- all the signs are pointing there. Um, all I really need is the doctor to sign off on it and to prescribe me medication for it. So, so... Getting a new diagnosis, if you're struggling and you don't know why you're struggling, it can be something that really, it's like putting the missing puzzle piece into the, to the puzzle or, or, or fabric, essentially, that is you, your personality, your genetics. It, 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 it'll fit in there and it fits perfectly and it's understandable. And it's wonderful because you finally start to understand why your brain does these certain things. You can understand like what medications you might want to go on to, um, what therapies you want to try, anything like that. And that's how it was when I got my diagnosis with anxiety. Was that, oh, you mean this isn't just like I'm not going crazy, like this is a genetic, a very normal thing to be going through for people that have anxiety, like, I'm not crazy, there's not something wrong with me, I'm not broken, I'm not, I don't need to be fixed. Uh, and even after I got my diagnosis, I still dealt with feelings of needing to be fixed, and that's not the truth. I'm, I'm a naturally anxious person. I'm never going to be not anxious ever. Like, I'm never going to be, like, super zen all the time. So, 
it can be really great getting those diagnoses and stuff like that and getting some more information about who you are as a person. Now, that being said, it can be kind of hard to get diagnoses sometimes. While we have, you know, good resources in, I can't speak for the States, I can only speak for Canada and Alberta because that's where I'm from. We have some great resources, but that being said, you have to have the funds for it and you have to have the time for it. Um, so getting diagnoses from a doctor, from a psychiatrist, from a psychologist, from a therapist, doctor, anything like that can be difficult. It can be a very long wait. It can be exhaustive. Uh, depending on uh, which therapist you go, you may not click, so you might not get the proper dis diagnosis which I've heard from friends of mine that as they get older, their diagnoses have changed simply because not really they've changed, but they were misdiagnosed younger on and were put on medications that they shouldn't have been on. So that can definitely happen. I can't say that it can't. Um, now, I tend to be a bit of a hypochondriac. I look for problems where there is none. Okay, okay, that's wrong. I don't start like looking into problems being like, there's a problem and nothing's there. But I like to know why I do things. I'm very analytical in my brain. I'm very self-aware, um, which makes going to therapy uh, really great because I don't sit there and pretend to be something I'm not, essentially. I'm very... Uh, honest and upfront with my therapist, but I'm also very naturally that way with most people. Um, it can definitely be a fault. I can be definitely too open with people. I need to learn to have a bit of a filter, but um, that's a that's a problem for another day with me having a no not having a filter. So I always say if you're gonna get like a diagnosis, talk to your doctor. If you've had a long time family doctor, talk to them about it first before you go and get a diagnosis or you talk to a psychologist. Make sure your health team, and I say health team because it should be um, mental, spiritual, physical team, like your MD or your family doctor and your psychologist and like your therapist. And if you're going to like a massage therapist, like I, I'm a massage therapist, I like to be connected to like the other doctors, not specifically that I'm talking in direct with them. Like I, I don't ever talk to uh, people's doctors directly, but people will talk to me and say, okay, my, you know, my doctor put me on this medication and I go, okay, well that contraindicates this, this, and this. So you start to get a blend and each segment tends to work with each other or it should in a perfect world everybody would have like a perfect health team that covered all their needs, whether it be mental, physical, emotional health, spiritual health, everything would be covered. Alas, we don't live in that world, so we don't get that. But whatever resources you can get, use them. Uh, communicate with them. Be honest and upfront with them. Um, I'm always one that will advocate for therapy with people because it has done some great things with myself. But I've also heard some really crap stories from people with therapists that I went to either therapists they didn't click with 
were just not good therapists in general. Like they, I'm sure they went to school and they were great, but they've either, I don't want to say lost their humanity or lost their empathy, but they, they very much, they don't see them as a person. They just see them as diagnosis, I guess you could say. So uh, always do your research when you're going to see like a new therapist or anything like that. Um, look up reviews if you can. Uh, when you have that initial consultation, I was told, um, always ask for like what their credentials are, how, what therapies they actually use, where it be, in my case, my uh, therapist use, uses cognitive behavioral therapy and a therapy that I'm just going to dub life trap therapy because I can't actually think of the actual correct term for it. Um, but it's by using a lot of information by Dr. E, Dr. Jeffrey Young. So that's what my therapist does. So now that I feel I've rambled about that enough, you might hear my dogs moving around behind me there. They're trapped in the, in the office with me while I record this. So you might hear dogs skittering around in the background or you may not. And it may sound like I'm just talking about random things. So I never know what my microphone is going to pick up or not pick up. I'm still establishing. So I needed a drink. So if you've made it this far, uh, I wanted to say I have a quest marker for you, but not really a quest marker. Um, I've also been playing too much Xbox lately. So I'm going to talk about what I've been going through lately. So going, going back to the beginning of who I am, I am a naturally anxious person. I've had anxiety all of my life. Um, even some of my earliest memories, I recall being very overwhelmed in certain places, um, being overwhelmed by really loud noises, etc., etc. I had a hard time making friends in school. I didn't have a great time. Um, I was very headstrong, very hyper, just naturally. Like I had lots of energy. Um, and I can't say that it was like I was abnormally hyper to a point where like my parents were taking concern of it or anything like that. Um, but I definitely, I, I ran a lot. I ran around. I romped outside. I pony galloped everywhere because I liked horses all my life. So yeah, I pony galloped. I was the weird horse kid in school, let's be honest. Uh, I'm still the weird, weird horse kid. I, I've i just accepted it and flourished from it now at this point, and I just stopped hating it. So I've always had anxiety. I've had depressive episodes, but that was the extent of my diagnoses. I never had anything more than that. I never had anything less than that. And we weren't ever looking for another di dis like diagnosis at all for myself. Um, I wasn't, you know, you know, reading through like multiple articles, going, "Ooh, maybe I have this," and like, you know, googling my symptoms. A lot of it was just due to the fact that I was an actual anxious person, and I'm a highly sensitive person. So um, I have a personality trait that is it affected by both environmental and genetic ways. I have it genetically through my mom's line. My mom has some of it as well as so do uh, grandmother and great grandmother. So I, I was pretty, pretty high of getting this uh, chance. So it just means that like my depth of processing tends to be deeper. I tend to 
uh, take in a lot for more information than average people. I get much more overwhelmed much easier. Um, if you're spiritual, I know a lot of spiritual people refer it as to as being an empath. But if you're, which I could get into, and I could have a whole rant on it, but I will have an episode on empaths and highly sensitive people and narcissists, narcissists uh, sooner on. This is actually what this was to, episode was supposed to be about, but I want to do further research so I make sure I've dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's. So, so we weren't looking for another diagnosis in therapy. We were working on the information that I had already given my therapist, and she mentioned, I think, a few weeks into my therapy, she mentioned that uh, she asked if I had ever been uh, tested for ADD uh, or ADHD, either one. And I said, no, I've never been tested for either one. Um, it's never even come up on my, like, I've never had a teacher suggest it. I've never had anybody suggest in my life that I've ever had ADD or ADHD. So I kind of dropped it and she was like, okay. So she dropped it and then I started thinking about it and I was like, nah, I can't have ADHD. I'd know if I have ADHD, obviously. So I uh, kept having sessions with my therapist and working through things and talking to her about, you know, sort of the inner worker workings of my brain and how that I constantly have like an inner monologue. Now that being said, I'm a naturally anxious person. I'm always looking for like something to run away from all the time. And the only time that my brain doesn't have my internal monologue running, and I mean running through my head, it never walks anywhere. It, it pony gallops and runs all the time, um, is when I'm sleeping. But that being said, I have really screwed up sleep schedule. Like I said, I have sleep disorders. Um, like I have night terrors, nightmares, vivid dreams. I've had hypogonic hallucinations. I've had sleep paralysis. Very rare, but I've still had it. I've had night terrors. It's, it, it, I don't get enough sleep um, most of the time. Unless I've conked myself out on melatonin pills, which I'm not going to recommend that anybody do that because I feel like that's not the healthiest way to sleep. So. So we kept working through my therapy and I was getting somewhere and I started to like realize who I was and it, it was really great. And then she, I was talking to a friend of mine who does have ADHD um, as a person as well as other things, but he has ADHD. So when I met him, his, his I guess, energy or who he was, his vibe was very intense, very hyperactive. And when I first met him and he knows this, I'm pretty sure he knows this. If not, if you're listening to this, sorry, I'm telling you now. Um, but he's he, he kind of exhausted me. He drove me up the wall. Um, it, like it was just the, the chaos. Like ideas were bouncing from spot to spot. Like I could keep up with the ideas. Like I had no problem keeping up with where his brain was going. I had no problem dan jumping from tangent to tangent. But he exhausted me. So we weren't originally going to be friends. I was done with him. Uh, and lo and behold, we're friends now. Uh, that only took us like several months. Of <laughs> not speaking to each other to become friends. But anyways, I digressed. And went on a tangent. Because it's what I do. So. 
he mentioned that maybe getting assessed for ADHD might help figure out what's going on in my brain, if I have it or if I don't have it. I was like, okay, I'll bring it up to her. And I was trying to make sure that I didn't start Googling things with ADHD because I didn't want to send my brain down a black hole, essentially, and like have a breakdown because I've started Googling things on WebMD and it's going to tell me that I have ADHD and I'm also going to like have a disease and die because that's what WebMD does. It tells you that you're going to have something and you're going to die. That's like the running joke. And I've definitely just over explained that joke to you. Great. So that being said, I thought about it. I had another session with my therapist and I didn't bring it up again. Until I think two, two sessions, three sessions ago, my brain's fuzzy and my sessions meld together. I don't remember when they end or when they start anymore. It's just sort of, there's information and my, I'm exhausted by the time I leave. That's all I know. <laughs> and I paid the lady. Um, but anyway, she asked, she was like, do you want to do an ADD or ADHD test? And I was like, assessment. And she was like, you can do it at your next session. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I still, again, made sure that I was not, like, looking up things for ADHD. And I want to say this because, like, part of my brain was very convinced that if I started looking up ADHD things or ADD things, I would, like, somehow skew the results. Like, I was very concerned that that was a thing that I could do. I'm not sure why. Like, I'm not sure, like, if I thought I would just, like, take on the persona if I looked up ADD that, like, I'd take on the persona and become 80 I, I don't know why my brain did that but I had convinced myself not to look up anything about ADD or ADHD um, besides what I knew from having a friend that has ADHD so we ended up doing the assessment it's been a week since I've got the information so if you're on, on social media with me you already know where I'm going with this so I uh, if you don't know, with ADD, which is Attention Deficit Disorder, and ADHD, which is Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder, yeah, I think that's right. So over the years, those two used to be two different identities or disorders. What they've done is they've taken ADD and smooshed it into ADHD and just made it a type. So you have ADHD. So ADHD, which is your classic, what everyone thinks of, is the hyperactive, impulsive side. So those are the kids that tend to be disruptive in class, very fidgety. Uh, depending, they can sometimes have real, they inter, like interrupt conversations. They're super fidgety. Like they're the ones that get in trouble all the time in class. Tend to be. Um, I went to school with a couple people that had ADHD that were very classic hyperactive cases. I don't even know if they were ever medicated because we were not that close friends. I just know that they were always getting in trouble for interrupting or talking in class. So, and being like zero to 60 in energy levels all the time. Um, so there's that. And then ADHD has been made into uh, another type of ADHD called, I want to say it wrong, but I'm going to try to say it right the first time. In effect, oh. Inattentive. I mixed both words. I want to call it ineffective. I don't know why, but that is where my brain goes, and that's not correct. It is inattentive. 
So that is what ADD has been pushed into. It's now ADHD inattentive type uh, disorder. So it's still classified now as ADHD instead of ADD. Um, so I hope that sort of catches you up. But being said that, inattentive is uh, what they call like the daydreamer side. So they tend to be the kids that will like zone out. Um, like if you're, if they're looking at a book or something and you ask them a question or call their name, like they just don't register that you're talking to them and they'll just, like you literally have to like snap in front of their face kind of thing. Or they're the kid that will doodle in class, etc., etc. So that, those are the two types. So now you know. So we did the test and it took longer than I thought. So we did it, and we finished, and my therapist looked at me, and she said, I don't even have to score this to know that you have an attentive type. And I went, oh. She's like, I'll score it anyways. She said, I'm also going to score the hyperactive side, because you can actually have, beyond the two types, you can have combined, which is just a combination of inattentive and hyperactive. So I had some markers in hyperactive or impulsive side, but not enough to actually get the, the score of like having combined. I have intentive. So I I was really happy that I'd got this information. I was like, okay, I have ADHD. That's great. Um, I'm going to run with this information, like start looking things up, yada, yada. And then I went home, told my mom, and she didn't quite understand it. She's, she didn't quite understand why I had ADHD. Uh, or how I had ADHD, she was super confused by it, so I had to explain some of it to her, what I could remember from my session, because I had a hard session, like a very emotional session, on top of doing the assessment. So it was a long day. I was very exhausted. So I explained that to her, and I went and laid down on my bed, and I I had, I had did not get a lot of sleep that night. I sobbed a lot. Like, I cried. I cried so much. Um when I wasn't doing that, my brain was just sort of an overdrive of imposter syndrome going, you don't have ADHD, you're taking valuable resources from uh, other people that actually do have the disorder. Um, who are you to say that you have ADHD? Like my brain was just essentially, my mind was attacking me. Um, it was exhausting and frustrating. And I, I ended up finally just, I think, I, I think I just fell asleep out of exhaustion, honestly. But it was not a great feeling. And it kept going for the past few days. I was really emotional. I couldn't figure out um, if, if, if the diagnosis was having. And then I also knew that I was sort of emotional because it's, I haven't too much information if you're of the, the, the male portion. I'm going to say cis hetero male. I have an, an IUD. There we go. So I don't get periods, but I still get the emotional effects of having a period. So I get super emotional essentially. Um, so I was dealing with that on top of the new diagnosis, and I think that made me react to it harder. Um, I was having still a super, like, imposter syndrome, I call it. I, I, of not ha not actually having ADHD, I was super frustrated, and then my brain had started to look up, I started to look up some of the symptoms and stuff of having inattentive ADHD, and I definitely noticed it in the way I worked in the day. And then I would beat myself up in my inner monologue 
while I was not while I was doing things and I would get like what I call brain zaps where it's like I'll think of something and then it's just like the information that I have retained in my brain is gone like I can't even like bring it back I can't even connect it to a tangent to connect to a tangent to bring it back it's it's gone um and I started to notice when I was hyper fixating on things um when I was uh zoning like super zoning out um and then I started to almost bully myself for doing that so it made me feel like even more crap so the reason I'm I'm telling you this um as someone that's listening someone yeah someone listening to my podcast is that if you get a diagnosis and you're like well I'm sorry my dog is snoring give me a sec Taya I think we're good now. You might hear that. If you don't, I, I'm just... She was snoring. It was going to get much louder. I apologize. Now I have to find where I was in my middle of my conversation. I was places. Oh, I was talking about why I was having a conversation about diagnoses. Because it's something that you guys, gals, and non-binary pals might be experiencing. And I, that's part of who I want to portray on the podcast is someone that's very real, very dealing with things as life goes on. You're living my life, I guess, through my podcast. So, yes, I'm dealing with this idea that, yes, I do have ADHD. And the more I look it up and the more that I start to like think of how my brain actually works, because I'm not only very super aware all the time, I am... Uh, constantly going with inner monologue the more that I go I didn't even realize that these were things that I was doing because of my ADHD there's things that I do in my life um, whether it be steps or things or how to do things um, or the way that I like communicate with people that they're just like I've learned how to like essentially cover up my my steps as someone living with ADHD to seem in what would be societal's norms um and i didn't even know i was doing this so like props to my brain for like keeping this from me for like 25 years uh, we're gonna say 20 because i don't feel like i would have known from zero to age five so we'll say 20. so i'm currently dealing with with that and i finally am starting to wrap my head around it um i still get those intrusive thoughts of going you don't have adhd what do you think you're doing And then I find myself zoning out or hyperfixating and I go, no, I definitely have ADHD. Um, Whether it's something that is super affecting of my life, I don't know. I'm sure as we start like essentially peeling back the layers of my ADHD and what I've done to essentially cover it or, or, you know, smother it or I don't know work around it as I've got older and and the coping skills that I've that was the word I was looking for see couldn't find the word coping skills I've worked on to cover the ADHD to to just like be like oh okay so that's the work of my brain so I've just created like coping skills and trails and maps in my head for how I function and I was like oh cool uh that's gonna be a whole other section of my therapy now is figuring out where that's going on top of that 
I'm also going to talk to my doctor about getting on medication, um, whether I want to be on a short acting or a long acting, I don't know. Um, I'm very conflicted either way. Uh, so if I make it, I'm sure when I make a decision or when I get put on medication, if you're listening to the podcast, you will know because I will tell you because I like to overshare things. That's what I do. That's why this podcast got started. I wanted to share all parts of my life. All the horrible parts, too. So, I uh, I hope that makes, I hope this makes people feel better about getting diagnoses. And the fact that it doesn't have to be sunshine and rainbows and fantastic. It can be really hard to struggle and to deal with and to accept a new diagnosis. Especially if you aren't looking for that diagnosis in the first spot or first place. I, I speak great English. It's fine. It's cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I just want people to understand that, that, yes, dealing with mental health and dealing with trauma and dealing with the way your brain works can be messy. And I, I want to make sure that I showcase that um, as a person that's dealing with now a new a new thing at 25 that I wasn't looking for or didn't know I have, but I suddenly am dealing with it now and how I've, I've worked through world, how I've worked through the world and how I see the world and how I perceive it and how I fit into the world because of my ADHD. So, uh, I hope it helps hearing about this. If you don't know you have ADHD, maybe talk to someone. Or find a Facebook group about it. Um, there's some really great ones out there. Um, uh, there's really great ones with memes too. I'm gonna be honest. That does just make me feel better. Uh, the the really wordy ones that are like, this happens and I'm on this medication. That exhausts me, so I just end up going and looking at like ADHD and chill, which is just a meme page on Facebook that shows stupid memes or ridiculous memes most of the time. But a lot of it I just relate to, so it just kind of concretes into my brain. So, with that being said, I'm going to come back, wrap this up, and call it a night. And put this on the interwebs. Okay, I'm back. Uh, the reason that I have to sort of stop there is I only have 30 minutes to record in a web browser. And like, one chunk is 30 minutes, and I was... On like 29 minutes and 30 seconds. So, um, so I did want to wrap this up and just say uh, some things, but I realized that I wanted to put something in here before I did, and I will try to make it efficient and quick. But I make no promises because I ramble. So, I will try to condense it. So. When I also got my diagnosis, um, because it was something that I was not looking for, it wasn't anything that I had uh, looked at, dealt with. It's not like I have any real close family members that I know of that have ADHD. I have friends that have it, but even then, like, we haven't even been friends for a year yet. So I'm still figuring some stuff out about him. I'm sure he's still figuring stuff out about me. That being said, um, it, it, so I'm still finding stuff out about each other, essentially. So 
Yo. Stop. My dogs are just licking each other in the background. Are you? Are you done? They're really done with me recording this. So, I'm going to be fast. So, when I was dealing or reeling, really reeling, from getting this diagnosis, even though I knew it was coming, I knew we were doing the assessment. My brain was having a very hard time connecting it. Um, it was after, you know, the initial almost shock wore off of going, oh my gosh, I have ADHD or ADD, really the old term ADD. It was like whatever in my brain had been built almost as a wall protecting myself from everything that I thought about ADHD and the way that I function as an ADD person broke, like it just shattered essentially. So I got super overwhelmed. Um, my brain was racing. I was dealing with extreme bouts of anxiety because of it. Because it was suddenly because I had become almost honestly hyper aware of, of everything that I was doing. I was like, oh my gosh, I've just zoned out right now. Oh, I lost my train of thought. That's ADHD. That's ADHD. I was literally pinpointing things in my brain of when my brain would do things that were symptoms of ADHD that I would never have noticed before that I was like oh my gosh and I started to become very overwhelmed with it because it was happening a lot it's very constant um then I was uh, honestly didn't didn't know what to do with it um I couldn't really talk to either one of my parents about it because uh, my dad does just none of neither one of them were gonna understand. Neither one of them have ADHD. None of them have close uh person that has ADHD. They're finding this out as I'm finding it out essentially. So they were of no help to me. Um, and I'm sure I could have texted my friend who has ADHD and you know, uh, you know, bothered him and, and bugged him and been like, okay, I'm panicking. What does this mean? Uh. But I'm still working on letting people in. So I didn't. And that's that's on me and some of my ultra-independence. So, I do want to state that and say that like, it's almost like, yeah, a wall broke down. And it, and it can be with other things, too. You'll notice that if you do get other diagnoses, it won't be that exact thing. But you'll definitely start noticing things in your in your life that you're like, Oh, I do this because of, insert whatever, mental illness, health problem you've now been diagnosed with. You'll start picking up on it a lot faster. And it can be very hectic and very overwhelming because suddenly you go from lowing zero and not noticing it whatsoever to it happening all the time. Um, so the best thing I found was almost to distract myself with something. Um... So I ended up distracting myself with uh, a lot of just like Xbox games, which is a fantasy game that I was playing. And it, it just sort of like let my brain focus on that. Um, watching certain television shows, listening to certain music that would slow me down. Um, anything I could think of to just sort of slow the noise down, slow my internal monologue down. So it wasn't overworking itself, finding things that I was doing. So... I wanted to mention that before I wrap this up, um, that that definitely can be something that'll happen to you. It's not guaranteed 
but it, it's happened to me. And if it's happened to me, there's a likelihood somewhere out there it might have happened to someone else. So I just want you to know that if you're feeling really stressed out about a new diagnosis um, and you're talking to a therapist, sometimes you can contact them. In my case, my therapist has told me that I can text her if I'm feeling stressed out about something. Um, again, didn't do that because I'm still learning to trust other people and actually support, get to use people as support. Uh, that's, that's a fault in mine that I need to work on. But, um, I thought this was a very real, a very pertinent information to put out in the world because I'm sure people are dealing with this right now. Um, and are probably stressed or confused or feeling elated that they suddenly have this new information that they can deal with. So I uh, thought I'd record a podcast episode on it. And uh, if I'm going to be honest, that's what most of these podcast episodes. I have tons of ideas in my head. It's just trying to put them down in a sensical way. Uh, So that they make sense not only to me, but to someone else listening to this podcast. So, with that being said... Um, you are, uh, if you haven't heard it today, you're valid, you are, you're valid, you are loved, um, and if, if no one else is there for you, I'm here for you, and yeah, I hope you guys have a good whatever time it is of the day that you're listening to this, I hope you listen to any more new episodes, that'd be great. I appreciate it. Share this with your friends. Share it with your family. People you trust. Don't, like, share this and open a can of worms with family on my account. Just, you know what I mean. Just, like, if you think a friend might like this podcast, send it to them. That's what I mean. That that makes more sense. Uh, yeah, I will catch all of you beautiful, wonderful souls and human beings. On the flip side, uh, check out the Instagram if you have time. I will try to post more about it. And I've decided I might make some story posts that are just, every day I would just post a story on there that, an Instagram story of just my dog. Because he's adorable and who doesn't need dog photos in their lives? So, with that, adios. And we'll... uh,